Matthew chapter 15. The word of the Lord declares, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. And then we are going to preach that scripture with the same chapter, Matthew 15, verse 21. And Jesus went away from there, and he withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before Jesus, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But the woman said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O oh woman, great is your faith. Let's say that together. Great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was, let's say together, her daughter was healed instantly. The Bible declares, God bless the reading of his word. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there's a reason why I read the first few scriptures in Matthew chapter 15. There's a reason, but before we get into that reason, I, I want us to, to realize that each gospel that was written was written for a purpose. Yes. So the gospel was not just written because they wanted to just give historical account of what Jesus did or who Jesus was, but the gospel was written for a specific purpose. And the gospel of Matthew demonstrates Jesus' messianic identity. In other words, the gospel of Matthew is so structured 
then it proves that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah of Israel. In fact, this demonstration highlights the importance of salvation both to the Jews and also to the Gentiles. So, so, so this demonstration that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecy that Matthew speaks of in his gospel and this purpose proves that salvation was not only for the Jews but Jesus would also come for the Gentiles. And therefore when we read Matthew chapter 1 we see the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 speaks of the generations that came before Jesus and the blood the bloodline that Jesus would come through however it's not just an account of giving historical background in terms of a genealogy but what Matthew does as well in that specific text he communicates that specific messianic fulfillment of Jesus in other words, Matthew also in his genealogy spoke of, 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 of Jesus coming through the bloodline of Abraham, but also coming through the bloodline of David. Remember when I spoke about the kingdom of Israel last week, when we dealt with, with first Kings and second Kings, I spoke about the Davidic covenant. So, so, so Matthew also communicates the messianic fulfillment in context of Jesus being the king of Israel. So, so all of this is captured in the gospel of Matthew to demonstrate the messianic fulfillment of Jesus. That Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. Having said that, looking at Matthew chapter 15, if you look at Matthew chapter 15, the, the chapter begins with the discourse between Jesus with the Pharisees and the scribes. So, so Jesus has this conversation with the Pharisees and the scribes and I believe we, we spoke about this specific text uh, last year and Jesus had this specific conversation with the Pharisees and the scribes and this whole conversation came together as a means of them having a problem with Jesus doing miracles deep down inside however they brought it in such a way that they said that Jesus was a man who, who transgressed the laws and the tradition of the elders. So the reason for the discourse is the issue then of Jesus and his disciples not adhering to the tradition of the elders. And what is that tradition? That tradition is the mosaic precepts of, 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 of Moses, of Moses the, the mosaic precepts that Moses gave to Israel. So, so in other words, if, if they are saying that the tradition is being transgressed, when they refer to tradition, they are specifically saying the oral law 
So in other words, it's not the written law, but the oral law that Moses gave. In other words, these were laws that were passed on from generation to generation in Israel without it being written, but it was passed on by word of mouth. So when they say you are transgressing the tradition of the elders, they are saying you are transgressing the law that was given orally from generation to generation that came through the elders in the Mosaic law, the law of Moses. So, 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 since they, they speak of tradition and we understand that the tradition has to do with oral law, laws being passed on from generation to generation through word of mouth. It makes sense that Jesus would say in the same chapter, these people honor me with that, but their hearts are far from me. So, so they keep the tradition of the elders, the oral law, but their hearts are far from me. So that's what Jesus actually said. So the conversation that they had had to do with defilement. So when they approached Jesus, they said, why? And, and his disciples, they said, why do you not wash your hands before you eat? Because if you do not wash your hands before you eat, that is defilement according to the tradition of the elders so they had a problem with that and and they have this discourse this conversation between between them that Jesus and his disciples are actually transgressors of of the law but but Jesus exposed their hypocrisy he exposed the hypocrisy in verse 3 in terms of what they are saying to him. Listen to what Jesus points out in, in, in verse 3. He speaks to them and he says to them, he speaks to them and he says to them in verse 3. He speaks to them and he says to them in verse 3. And why do you Break the commandment of God for the sake of your, for the sake of your tradition. He asked them that question. Then he says, for God commanded, honor your father and your mother and whoever of us, father or mother must surely die. So in other words, Jesus speaks to them and he said, he asked them the question, why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your oral tradition, your oral law that you, 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 you decided to create? And I'm going to prove that to you because Jesus pointed out to them. Listen to this. Jesus pointed out to them in Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. He pointed to, out to them this specific commandment. The Bible says in Exodus 20 verse 12, Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land, and that your Lord, that your, and that in the land, that the Lord your God has given you. Then in Exodus 21 verse 17, 
The Bible says, Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. So Jesus says, These are the commandments that came from Moses, but you transgress those commandments because of your tradition. And what was that tradition? The tradition that they created around that specific commandment that Jesus quoted was the fact that they said it is not needed for them to give to their parents if they already gave to God. So what Jesus said to them is, you twist the law in order for self-gain. So you transgress the commandment of God because of your man-made traditions. So they deliberately decided not to honor their parents for self-gain. And Jesus knew that and he exposed their thinking. He exposed their thinking. You see, the argument was settled between them. When Jesus proved that defilement is not an external factor, but it has to do with internal unrighteousness. And Jesus proved that to them. Listen to what he said to them in verse 11. Jesus said to them, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. He says, But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. And then in verse 17, Jesus explains what he means by that. He says, Do you not see? that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled. Jesus had gepraat van nummer 2 daar. So, so Jesus says it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. It's not what goes into the mouth but what comes out of the mouth that actually defiles a person then he says but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the and we said the heart is cardiac Greek which means the mind then he says this defiles a person for out of the heart listen to this out of the heart come evil what thoughts murder adultery sexual immorality theft false witness slender he says all of those things comes out of the thinking life of the individual and that is what defiles the person so so in other words like i said the defilement has nothing to do with external factor but it starts first internally so it is internal unrighteousness that Jesus basically says that. Then he says, these are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands, he says, does not defile anyone. It was Jesus as well who said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in other words, everything that is inside of here, will come out of here. So Jesus speaks about defilement in this context. And he says to them, this is actually what true defilement is. And what I like about Jesus is, for the fact that he knows that the defilement has to do with internal, 
factor and not external it did not stop him from doing certain things and bringing healing to certain people this is what i want to get to you now also bear in mind what i said concerning matthew why matthew wrote his gospel he wrote it to prove and to demonstrate that jesus is the messiah and the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy now jesus has the discourse with the who with the jews who expected the messiah and we need to keep that in mind as we go through this this text so so now jesus declared that it is not defilement that comes out of them it is not defilement that goes into the mouth but defilement that comes out of the mouth that makes you unclean so so jesus speaks about internal factors and external factors now what he does next i like matthew speaks about jesus leaving that area and moving close to the region of Ty and Sidon. Now, because Jesus knew that defilement had everything to do with internal factor and not external, it did not stop him from going through cities like Samaria. Because the Jews said, if you go into a city like Samaria, you are automatically defiled because the area is unclean because of the Gentiles that reside in that area. So Jesus would go into Samaria and he did not stop him. Because he knew that the thinking life of a person has to do with defilement and not where he walks. So, 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 Jesus could go into Samaria, but he could also pass by areas such as Ty and Sidon, which were also filled with Gentile people. So he did not go into Ty and Sidon, but he passed on the coast. So when he passed on the coast, the Bible declares that a woman from Canaan, a Canaanite woman, came to Jesus. So when this Canaanite woman came to Christ, she had a request. She had a request. And it is amazing that Jesus starts having a conversation with this woman that has to do with the purpose why Matthew would write this gospel. Concerning the Messianic fulfillment because I I said in the beginning that the messianic fulfillment has not only to do with the Jews but also with the Gentiles and Jesus would pass time and Sidon and a Canaanite woman who was a Gentile would approach him with the concern that she had and therefore when she approached him, she understood her position, that she was not a Jew, that she was a Gentile. And in Matthew 15, 22, the Bible says, And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, 
she cried have mercy on me O Lord son of David my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon so so this woman in the first place in the first place she knew she was a Gentile and Jesus was a Jew so when she approached Christ and she got to Christ she understood that and when she started speaking to him we can see that in the text because when she started speaking to him we pick up three things from that first prayer we see we see number one she acknowledged that Jesus was in need of she acknowledged that she was in need of God's mercy the second thing Matthew shows how she responded with regards to the messianic fulfillment of who Jesus was the third thing she makes her request known unto Jesus you see I said number one she acknowledged number one she acknowledged that she was in need of God's mercy when she approached Christ she said what have mercy on me O Lord the second thing she did Matthew speaks about her speaking to Jesus regarding that messianic fulfillment she called him son of David and then the third thing she makes a request known unto him she says my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon let me tell you something if there's one thing that we can take from the stacks to our bedrooms it is how this woman prayed and approached christ when she prayed and approached christ the first thing she did she said have mercy on me the first thing we can learn from that is when we go into prayer be honest with God yes. it is not wrong for you to acknowledge your weakness Amen. she understood I am a Gentile and not a Jew you see when you go to Christ in prayer and you pray in the name of Jesus do not just go there saying I pray in the name of Jesus when you go there first acknowledge that he is your strength and you are weak in your moment there's nothing wrong do not try to be macho do not try to be strong when you go to Christ if you are weak then you are weak that's the reason why you go to him in the first place so this woman goes to him and she says have mercy on me the second thing is she acknowledge who he is Oh Lord son of David you see the second thing is when you go to Christ in prayer acknowledge who he is call him on his name if you have if you are in need of healing if you are sick call him on his name you are Rafa acknowledge who he is she says oh Lord son of David acknowledge who he is call him on his name because that is his nature that is who he is he says i am the lord who heals when he says i am the lord who heals he is actually saying to us that is my nature that is who i am so whatever need you have if you approach me call me on my name if it gets tough in your house call him on his name you you are Jaira. i'm calling you on your name 
So, so the first thing she does is have mercy on me. She acknowledged that I am weak and there's no one else that can help me. The second thing that she does, she acknowledged who he is. He is Jesus and he is Lord. And besides him, there is no other. He is the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecy. And then the third thing she does, then she makes a request known. So when I come to God, I do not come and pretend that I already have the solution. You don't have to do that. That's why you approach him in the first place. No wonder James says sometimes we pray wrong. Because when we get to him, we, 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 we want to declare victory, but we want, do not want to acknowledge that we are weak. And yet the Bible says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. So when you come to me, acknowledge, have mercy on me, Lord. Then acknowledge that I am the Lord who will heal you. And then the third thing is, make your request known unto me. Lord, I've been battling with this thing for so long. And only you can deliver me from this situation. Lord, my, 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 my son, my, my daughter has been dealing with this for so long. And, and, and only you can deliver us from this situation. You see, this woman's prayer is authentic. This woman prays genuine. She does not have to pretend because when a demon is possessing your child, there's no need for you to pretend because torment will stop you from pretending. Because only Jesus can deliver that. Not even a doctor can cast out the spirit. Only Jesus can do that. So there's no need for me to pretend in front of him. There's no need for me to use extravagant words when I pray. As long as I tell him the truth, that's all that matters. This woman teaches us the power of prayer and the humility of prayer. There's there's something that we can learn from her. And take to our bedrooms today when we go into a moment of prayer. And the Bible says after she she spoke to him, powerful prayer. Isn't it weird that the Bible would say next, but he did not answer her a word. (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it weird that you would come to God and you would pray a powerful prayer? And you would pray in humility and the prayer is on point and the prayer is according to his word. And yet after that he does not answer you a word. He's silent. Bible says he's silent but there's something that I need you to see. When Jesus was silent someone else spoke. The Bible says the disciples said send her away. For she cries after us. You see, when, 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 when you have an issue and when you are in need of healing from God, when Jesus becomes silent, people will become opinionated. And they will tell you regarding your situation. To say, why don't you turn back because you cry after him. See, when God becomes silent, people normally start speaking. And sometimes it sounds like, where is your God? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
why don't you just turn around and go away? For you cry, but he's not saying anything. You see, that is one of the most difficult seasons that you could ever endure. When you pray, then he becomes silent. When Jesus became quiet, people started giving their opinions. Send her away, for she cries after us. But, but that's what I like about this woman. Even though they gave their opinion regarding the matter, she could have said, Okay, he's not saying anything about it. They are telling me to leave. And yet he's not even saying, why are you telling her to leave? He's still quiet anyway. She could have said to herself, let me just leave because it seems like he's agreeing with what they are saying. Yeah. But this woman was persistent in her approach to Christ. And therefore I take my head off for people who are persevering people who understand that it is not the opinion of men that will turn me away from the need that I have in the Christ. That's why I have respect for people who are dealing with diseases and sicknesses for such a long time and yet they say my trust is in the Lord and not in the opinion of men. Let me tell you there are people that do not know where their next meal comes from but they are not willing to go back. I, I have respect for such people. Those are people who understand that the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the material things that you could ever gain. Because if I have perseverance, even though the enemy takes away my house, I will not go back. I am here to serve him anyway. These are people who say, in spite of, I am going with him. You see, these are the people that says, I am here to continue. I'm not here to pause and go back. We, we need to become stronger in the faith. We need to stop allowing people to tell us to turn back. But we need to become people who are grounded. People who are walking with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit that declares these are people of long suffering. These are people of perseverance. These are people of self-control. When the temptation comes, when the challenges come, when the trials and tribulations come, I am not willing to go back, but I am willing to move with Him even when He is silent and people are talking. Mm, yes. I, I have respect for people who, who said to themselves, it's me and Jesus and nothing else matters. Yes. I have respect for those people because the opinion of circles do not dictate the journey that they walk with Christ. These are people who would go into hospitals and the doctors say, hey, I don't, it doesn't look good. And yet they say, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. These are the people 
They do not care anymore. They say, my life is not my own. These are the people who understand when Christ said, those who love me shall lose their lives for my name's sake. And those who love their own lives will lose it. These are people who say, I am willing to walk with him no matter. These are people who understand that narrow is the gate who leads to life. These are people who understand that this is a journey yeah. by faith yes. and not by sight. You see, this woman was persistent. She did not go back. She stood in his presence. She was there because her daughter was in need of something not something that a doctor could not even yes. do. Cast out the devil. And therefore I said to you, there are different forms of healing. Yes. And this woman's daughter needed healing. You see, when Jesus finally answered her, after you are silent, he decides, let me say something again. You would think that now he will say, because you stood here, let me do it for you. However, listen to what he says next. He says, I was sent only to the lordship of the house of Israel. Messianic fulfillment. This is what the Jews believe. That the Messiah will come and he will be sent to who? To the lordship of Israel. He will be sent to the Jews. But he says to this woman, he says, yes, my ministry, I was sent back to the Lordship of Israel. That is my mandate and my ministry, this specific moment. I did not come into the region of Tyre and Sidon, but I was passing by. But I was passing by. You see, in other words, my priority this moment has nothing to do with the Gentiles, the specific moment. The shepherd is here for the Lordship of Israel. But it is amazing. It seems that this woman then is no longer the immediate plan. But it is amazing what faith can do. You see, you cannot separate healing and faith. Yeah. You cannot separate the two. You see, when we speak about healing, even in a Rafa series, you cannot separate faith from healing. Because the two work together. Yeah. And it is amazing that the Bible would say, even when Jesus said to her, I'm not sent to your people this very moment. That this woman, the Bible says, but she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. It's amazing how faith can take you to your knees. Yes. You see, people often say, my circumstances keep me on my knee, but I want to challenge you today to change your thinking and to renew your mind. May your circumstances no longer keep you on your knees, but may your faith keep you on your knees. Because your faith should be stronger than your problems. No longer should we glorify 
the problem but we will glorify the faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So it's no longer my circumstances that keep me on my knees. You see, sometimes because we say our circumstances keep us on our knees, we become addicted to pain and suffering, not knowing that God says, by faith you are supposed to overcome whatever is challenging you. So this woman's faith brought her to her knees. Her faith brought her to her knees. She says, let me go on my knees, Lord, help me. Her faith was stronger than her problem. Her faith was stronger than her problem. In fact, this week I sat with someone, a young guy still in his 20s. I sat with him and, and we've been connecting this this last two weeks and he's been speaking to me about uh, finding Christ and, and God has brought him my way and I say thank you to the Lord that he always sends people our way and we had this conversation and he opened up more and more and one of the things that he shared was his testimony and this I'm going to share with you not the other stuff but, but, but he shared his testimony with me. He looked at me and he said to me, you, you know that I'm a cancer survivor. And I said, I never knew. And he said to me, yes. I had skin cancer and it started spreading on my legs until the point that I could not walk anymore. And he said to me, he could not accept the situation. It was tough on him. He said, when they spoke to him about chemotherapy, he said, there were times where it was so heavy on him that he felt like he's not going back anymore. If it happens that he should be going, then it's over. He's making peace with that. He said, until one day, <laughs> He decided, he ran into the bathroom, he cried, and he said, I no longer want to hear. I want you here now. Amen. I need you to be here now. I don't want to hear you are coming. I need you to be here now because I cannot do this. He said, and when he went back to hospital, the doctor that he met, said he met a doctor who came to him out of the blue, gave him fruit and said to him, why do you look so familiar? It's like I've seen you before. He said immediately God said to him, I am here. You, 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 you see, when faith and when you are genuine in prayer, when faith brings you to your knees, God is there. God is there. This woman understood, and this young man that I spoke to, he understood that it's no longer about being artificial about this because the issue that I'm dealing with is a real one and I need a real God, not the one that I created in my mind, not that fantasy, not that guy that I'm seeing on TV that they portray and this is how he looks and I need him to be here now. 
faith brings you to your knees, then the gospel and the kingdom becomes real. Amen. Then Jesus, he speaks to her again and he says to her, after she said, after she went on her knees and she said, Lord, help me, he says, listen to this, it is not right for me to take the bread of the children and throw it to the dogs. That's what Jesus said, and throw it to the dogs. In other words, haven't I told you that my mandate has not yet come to you? What I'm doing now, I'm preaching to the Jews. But her faith, <laughs> hey, I need you to get this. Her faith altered his mandate. Her faith, it, it, it didn't change it, but he, she, she altered his mandate. Her faith altered his mandate. She said to him, listen how she did it. She said to him, yes, Lord, in other words, I agree that you are here for the Jews. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat of the crumbs that falls from the master's table. In other words, this woman says, the messianic fulfillment was not only for the Jews, but I know it is also for the Gentiles. And you are here not only for them, but you are here for us. And because she had this faith that Jesus would not only redeem the Jews, but Jesus was also here for the rest of the world. Jesus became so excited that he said, Oh woman, great is your faith. Great is your faith. And I love what Jesus did there because this woman did what Hebrews chapter 11 spoke of. This woman showed us that without faith it is impossible to please God. But she did the other way around and she showed us with faith it is, it is possible that you, you alter the mandate. And Jesus says, yet I will do this for you because oh woman, great is your faith jesus answered in fact if you look at the scripture there i don't know about your bible but my bible shows the exclamation mark in other words jesus screamed he became excited he said oh woman great is your faith jesus became excited with this woman's faith in the midst of all the challenges that she was facing oh man oh woman great is your faith you have been sick and you did not denounce jesus they said to you that you have no longer you no longer have time to live anymore your time has been cut short because the disease is spreading in your body but jesus says oh woman oh man great is your faith continue to walk with me because what they said is not the ultimate determination but what I say defines yes. if you will love or die. Oh woman, oh man, great is your faith. You have been sick and yet you did not denounce me. Yes. Your faith has been great.
you have been diagnosed but you have been praying faithfully your faith is great you have been told that you no longer have time to live but you never turned back your faith have been great your faith will overcome your problem oh woman great is your faith yes I am sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Yeah. I have been ministering to your neighbor. And you have heard, woman, about what I did in Galilee. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I cannot do it for you. Because you have faith, I will do it for you. I will do it for you. Which brings me to this point. This woman's region was a background of Gentiles. It was a background of Gentiles. But it did not determine her daughter's healing. Her faith determined her daughter's healing. And what I'm saying to you is, if Jesus can walk, if Jesus can walk into Samaria and break the code of regions, as a Jew that he should not enter, I'm saying to you, it does not matter which background you came from. She was a Canaanite woman. Yeah. And according to Jewish people, Gentiles were undefiled. They were defiled. The Jews were undefiled. It does not matter what region you come from. Faith will move Christ. Amen. Her background did not determine how Christ would move. Yes. Only her faith determined it. Amen. It was, if, if they said to you, the genetics of your family declares that this will happen to you this disease will will happen to you and to your children i'm saying to you christ has the authority to overcome that region and that background if they said to you that this disease is in your bloodline it's not in the blood of jesus christ can cure that. Yes, Jesus Christ can cure that. You see, Jesus did not enter Tyre and Sidon. Yeah. The amazing thing is, he got so excited because of this woman's faith. Notice this, and I'm concluding. He got so excited. Let me tell you a thing. When you hear about someone being demon-possessed, the first thing, what do you think? Jesus would have to go there and lay his hands on that person and say, come out. The Bible says, he said, oh woman, great is your faith. And then after that, what did he say to her? He said, let it be done as you have desired. 
your daughter's here. Jesus did not even go to a house or into the region where the daughter was demon possessed. And the spirit left. Power. (laughs) And I'm saying to you, if Christ can do that, why not? Why not? The power of God can enter anywhere and everywhere. Do not let people cancel your life with their mouths. I am the resurrection and the life. He is Rafa. And I'm saying to whatever challenge you are facing, if you need emotional healing, if you are battling mental illness, if you are battling with a disease, I'm saying to you, if Jesus could cast out a spirit from miles away by speaking to that woman regarding her faith, Jesus is not miles away. Yes. He's here. Amen. He can do that. In fact, Jesus said, I will not only be with you, I will be in you. 